Welcome to The Edges of Lean. I'm Bella Engelbach, and in this podcast, we explore the human and creative side of lean thinking, unusual places where lean thinking is practiced. We meet people who are practicing continuous improvement in many different flavors and styles. So come along with me on a journey to the edges of lean. Episode 71, Continuous Improvement and Agile Communication with Katja Schleichen. Some compelling features of agile product development are flexibility and resilience. An agile project can deal with problems and new learning and pivot to take advantage of that new learning. My guest, Katja Schleicher, has insights about how to apply those agile principles of flexibility and resilience to communication. We can all benefit from better communication, so check out our fascinating conversation. Katja Schleicher, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Hi, Bella. Hi, Bella. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How, how are you, Katja? I'm, I'm good. It, it has been a beautiful summer so far, and I hope. It will be the same for a couple of more weeks. That would that would be really nice, wouldn't it? Yes. Could you tell us tell us a little bit about what you do and how did you start to do what you do? If you would ask my mother, she would probably say, "Forever." I'm one of these girls who already knew at a very early stage in your life in my life that I, I I needed to do something with communication it is kind of you know when you're a child you do not know consciously that that you're good at things like that but it, it never occurred to me to study chemistry right or to become a carpenter it was never in my orbit it was never in, it, it always when when I looked at the world it always had to do with spoken or written words. And then everything that in that world was easy for me, obviously theater and writing and being on the stage and giving presentations and defending people, all that was easy. So being mommy's good girl, I, I got a degree in that. So I studied languages, I studied German and English literature, American, uh, American uh, linguistics and all that psychology. So I built a whole uh, a, a set of degrees around that. And, and then I started uh, in, in communication. <laughs> I started in a communication department of, an, of, of actually an, an IT agency. And it was in the 90s. So we... We, I was in, in, in Germany, at least, uh, I was one of the, the, the advertising ladies who set up the first advertisement for Windows 95, like really, oh my. right, it really. So, but that um, led to, to my love for I, IT and things that needed to be explained. Technology wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy. And it, it looked like that I have an yeah that I have a, an eye for that and and good being good in explaining technology, so and then building from there, um, I, I was I was part of the internet being born, which was I think a very exciting thing. So I was I was live I was live at the world. It was great. We produced the first and I think only TV show in the in the end of the nineties that brought the internet 
to television. It was the first time we were really explaining websites and all that. So it was fascinating. So I'm fascinated by technology and I've worked since then always for IT companies in PR and advertising, uh, event organizing, all that. And during all these years, uh, I, I was accompanying my, my, my bosses to interviews. That was, it was part of my job. And it looked as if that particular part, I was in particular good at. So in, in 2006, I set up my own shop. I, I set up my own company. And since then, I'm a coach, a communication trainer. I'm a keynote speaker. I, I accompany and guide people in accelerating their communication impact on, on every stage, in conversations, in presentations, in keynotes, whatever, whatever you can think of. And I still wow. do that. That, that's, that's so interesting, Katya, because I have so many people on this show and they come on and, and I think I told you this, they come on and I say, well, what are you doing now? And what was your path? And for many people, the path is through a lot of different interests and careers, but um, you're one of the people for whom you, you're, what you're doing today and your passion is something that it has always been. So that's brilliant. So congratulations yeah. on that. <laughs> congratulations on knowing, and, and I'm not, you know, sort of being forced into other things by, but you know, by people. And yeah, that is true. On the other hand, there's very often, especially in the, in the edge of lean and in, in the age of lean and agile, I'm always looking at myself like, hmm, everybody is like changing and, you know, doing things. And I'm still with the same thing because I still love doing it. And I'm, it looks like that. I'm still pretty good at it. And then I'm just like, do, do I need it? Do I need to change? And then on the other hand, I'm thinking like, hmm, why would I? So, yeah. No, I, no I, I think it's great. I think it's just a case of many people. It takes them a while to find their core purpose and you mm -hmm. found yours early. So, so that's great. Congratulations. You know, one of the things that is really difficult for a lot of people who are in lean and continuous improvement is mm -hmm. communication, right? Uh, I mean, partly because so many of us come from different backgrounds, you know, from a science background or an engineering background, we're more in love with the numbers, perhaps, and with the words. Um, we know that, I mean, we talk about this a lot at the edges of lean, that the center is always people. And so you need to communicate with people, but there's always more for us to learn about how to do that better. And I think how to do it authentically, right? I mean, that's the, that's the other thing. I have uh, I've, I've worked with some wonderful communications folks in my life, and and also some communication experts who seem to be about creating almost like an inauthentic type of communication. But um, I think what that's not what you're about. You're about some authenticity, but also about really connecting with people where they are. So can you tell us when you talk about? Agile communication, which is such a great term for those of us who are lean and continuous improvement and agile. What is agile communication? It's the first and foremost is it, it is the way of adapting quickly um, to situations with the respective communication patterns. And that requires a, a, a broad highway on communication skills 
that are all of them within your authenticity. Because the cool thing about lean is, um, about agile is, that agile starts with you. You can learn a lot of tools, that is fine. But if you do not, in, in communication, if you do not feel those tools, it, 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 it's going to be a mechanical thing. And mm -hmm. that's not working. And the good part is when you, when you start thinking about your own communication, the agile way is that the first adventure you undergo is you leave your own filter bubble. And that is so amazing. If you just, you know, you put aside what you've learned in, in a good way, right? You say like, okay, this is, we have that. We don't need to throw it away. Everything is good what we have here. And now for something different. So you open up knowing that your own filter bubble tells you that numbers are good and, you know, whatever you, you learned, whatever you're good at and what your, your, your own tribe thinks is good as well. Because culture, right, is what we do when no one is looking. And when everybody says like, yeah, the numbers, you know, mm -hmm, this is so important. And then there comes, I don't know, a marketing person is like, what? That's not important. This is important. And then something else comes up. So leaving your own filter bubble is the first step to becoming uh, an agile communicator. So like, okay, but again, for good, right? Not for bad. Don't throw it away. It's, it, it's a good thing. And then my, to, 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 to me personally, one of the best tools to become an agile person in this particular moment is asking questions. Curious questions without being uh, in, interrogating. Right? A natural curiosity, uh, I think there were so many, so many interesting aspects of what other people do, what, are, what other uh, industries do, other departments do, other cultures do. Uh, there is something you'll, you'll in your particular, in your filter will find interesting. So ask that question. Don't ask a question that is just, you know, a question to ask a question. That is boring. And don't be uh, interrogative. That people don't like that. But be curious about what what is it? How do you do that? And why does it work that well if you do it? And why doesn't work that way if I do it, for instance? So asking questions is 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 the second part. And from there, actually, most of us we are very responsive as human beings. It doesn't matter. If you're introvert or extrovert or engineers or marketeers, mm -mm. we we try to we want to get into a conversation. And once you ask a good question, I'm pretty sure you get something even more fascinating back. And then you can take it from that. Then it's give and take and give and take. I think that is a very helpful uh, thing to start with agile communication. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is you need to start with perhaps understanding a little bit about who you are, right? And, and when you talk about that filter bubble, one of the things that the assumptions that you make or the language that you normally use that is particularly to you or your culture, right? Yeah. And the other people may or may not understand um and that oh well, you may or may not understand what other people are trying to communicate to you so it's it's got to start with with if to leave your filter bubble you need to 
know something about what it is. What does it take to get to that point of being able to discern, hey, this is something that I've learned that's part of my culture, as opposed to this is the way the whole world works, or even the people down the, the department down the hall work? And one of one, one way to go, that's one of the, the many tools you could try, is that you change your, your thinking and your doing from an either or to an as well as mindset. So that what, what I said by what you do and what you think and what you experience is very well it's very nice and very good and very helpful and then put it aside like on a parking spot very positively and then try something new we have the tendency when we see something else to throw away what we already have but that's not how you build a communication portfolio or portfolio per se right Honor, honor what you have in a, in a very good way and then go explore. And that, to me, leads to a very easy, um, easy way of accepting that as soon as you leave your own bubble, there is another world outside that is as valuable as yours is. And so it's additive then. It's, it's as well yes. as. Yes, yes. Ad additive, yes. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 To me, that's, that is that, very helpful. That, you know, it's, uh, I want to tell you a quick little story. So I worked um, for several years as a medical writer in a pharmaceutical company. And so I had to work very closely with the statisticians. And when you walk down the hall, mm -hmm. you could tell when you were leaving medical writing and going into the statistics area because it got quiet. Right. And um, and so sometimes we would have a hard time communicating with the statisticians because, you know, they just seem to have a just, you know, a different way of working, a, you know, obviously a different language, the statistics that they were working with. But almost like, it, it's funny, it was almost was like a different culture. You could feel the culture shift as you walk down the hallway. So if if I were to go back in time and go back to that, that work what would be a question that you would what you would recommend that I ask my my friendly neighborhood statistician to start to understand the way that they that they are thinking and communicating how do you in in, in your in question to the to the statistics mm -hmm. person how do you in your world get from a to b for instance, right? It doesn't matter. You can you can pick an example. How do you get from A to B, or how did you get from uh, from from that percentage to that percentage? So a process question would be in this particular case, in the example you mentioned, would be helpful, right? Um, in, in let's take it the other way around. If you if you work with people whose mindset is totally bing 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 bing, and you have really trouble connecting the dots because you mm -hmm. absolutely have no idea how do they get from A to B, um, turn it around and ask them. Okay, when the picture you are drawing now in your mind, when this is complicated, uh, when this is complete, not complicated, how does it look then? 
so that you already can anticipate. So, okay, now the picture is complete and then it's going to be this or that. And then uh, this wonderful moment of wow and aha comes, which is so important when we are connecting to someone from a different communication culture that we as, as the, 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 the group of people who is asking the question, who tries to understand something, get an, a wow moment. So like, wow, this is special or this is somehow amazing. And then an aha, because only when you have both of them, you are not just resonating with your audience, you're relevant as well, because then you kind of, you learn, you learn something. And when we have that, then we are in congruency and we have a very good communication flow. So, so that's great. So, so the questions that you're suggesting to ask are very non-judgmental questions, right? So it's not like, how, how did you get from A to B? Exactly. Right? How, how could, how could A be, how could A be so big in comparison to? That would be a judgmental question. Non non judgmental questions always help. I'm 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 not saying that you should not judge, uh -huh. but there is room enough and the time for judgment way later. But usually, if you if if you ask judgmental questions in the beginning, mostly you know too little. You are have no set of referrals and. Uh, context and all that and you close a lot of doors for yourself so even if you're if you're the smartest person in the room and, and it is and it's so much more fun to let others explain their own miracles this is this is if if, if you see how their eyes are shining when they explain cool stuff to you wow that's and even even if it is uh statistic person right well they can get excited they just don't get excited about the same things as, exactly. as everybody else exactly yeah yeah right? yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah yeah i had a i had a boyfriend very um in 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 in, in the end of the 90s and and he was a software developer and he said to me uh you know and and he could get excited about a piece of software a piece of code he was writing and he said to me um he, he showed me some code i i can't code right i have no idea and he said you know this is a very elegant code he used elegant the word elegant in combination with software coding i was like uh how could a code be i, I mean software code how could that be elegant and why is that a good thing now he he was elaborate on that for half an hour and he was so excited because that he said you know there is beauty in that and he showed me the beauty of that I was after that I was like I totally see what you mean it was wonderful that's that's really great uh because what you're doing then is it is it's humble inquiry right and and then you're really valuing I like really like what you said you mean you're valuing their answer not evaluating but valuing their answer and looking you know looking for what makes their eyes shine um and and this is just to me a very interesting concept I could say I think we all live in this world where we know intrinsically that there are these little micro cultures right so we have all, everything that we talk about in terms of big culture um countries right you go from one country to another and you know how you greet someone on the street 
there are appropriate ways and inappropriate ways to do that. But inside organizations, there are these microcultures. And then inside certain specialties, there are these microcultures. And so often, Katya, there's conflict that's set up as real or imaginary conflict that's set up. And of course, conflict gets in the way of communication and forward progress. And um, that's really not helpful when we're trying no. to get work done and we're trying to you know, do things that help make our, our customers' lives better. So let me, let me ask you another, another question. One of the things that we've talked about um, a lot in the lean community is the importance of being able to tell stories and why story is important. You use the what you use the terminology narrative communication. How does that relate to um, to telling stories, and, and what is the the relationship there? Uh, actually, um, <laughs> the term narrative uh, is appealing to more people. Is Very it? Very often when you say, let me tell you a story or let's do that, uh, the storytelling way, people are kind of, ooh, no, that's going to take long. Um, you, try to, you try to pull me into something I don't want to hear. Uh, so there is a, a slight resistance against that. Uh, the term narrative Interesting. Is, is, is more... Mm, let me call it a new it's more neutral right but indeed it is uh the, the storytelling is the narrative way of connecting the dots of um not just delivering figures or facts or statistics independent from each other but bringing that all together in a in a very emotionally logical way and the next aspect why so many people shy away from that concept is the emotional part. Yeah. Thing that every, every communication is emotional anyway. Now, what narrative communication or storytelling does is we use that, that, that emotion consciously and, and use it as an entry point to a, a conversation or a negotiation, whatever it is going to be you're aiming at. Because the emotion behind the communication is something everybody can connect to. So the, the, let's take the little story you told about the statistic writing being different from the medical writing, right? And you go there to the statistic department and all of a sudden it's quiet. And uh, it makes you um, disappointed. Hmm. Because all of a sudden you do not feel value that much, that much anymore because you have not yet discovered that the value comes from a different part, right? That comes later. So, but stick with that tiny little disappointment. Now, this is something in narrative communication that is easily to be connected to, even if you're not a writer, if you have no idea about technical stuff, but everybody knows how disappointment feels. Disappointment is a very universal concept. And that is why everybody can connect to it so easily. So when you start with the emotion first and then put your facts, your figures, all the things that are important to you uh, after that, it is much easier 
to get your audience, whoever that is, behind you and in make them interested in, in your idea. A good story is a door opener. Don't get me wrong. No story gets the job done alone. It is, you know, it is not enough just just to tell a story and then to leave your audience alone with nothing. Of course, we need the hard facts and the statistics and the action plans and all that. But later. That's right. That's very cool to hear, because I think that's one of the reasons that people don't like storytelling, right, Katya, is that particularly people who are coming from more of a logical fact-based background, they're, first of all, they're concerned about almost that manipulation, right? You're going to manipulate my emotions. But also there's a concern about if you're only going to tell me the story and you're not going to have the statistics now what we're actually doing that's not good science right right it's the single anecdote that leads to things like people deciding not to get their children vaccinated you know those are the things that that can be very dangerous and and so what you said i think was really important that is the story the emotion comes first and then the facts and figures. I think sometimes I've made the mistake of like, here's all the facts and figures. And now that I've brought you to tears, let me tell you a story about it. <laughs> right. So the, the, the story is the, the story or the emotion behind that and everything that is part of the story, a conflict, uh, that something you have to you had to overcome to get to the point where you are right now. That is the that's an invitation. That is like the door opener. And anything else becomes it comes later comes afterwards to say like okay and here's the proof to my concept and here are examples and here are people who work with it especially especially when you uh when we, when we are talking science then then this is one of the most important points right but the, the fascination about a scientific aspect do not come from the facts and the figures uh they when you, you know it just let's let's take uh, the uh, the web telescope pictures right um mm -hmm. that just came i don't know let, let, two weeks ago three weeks ago now uh, it, it was it was not the explanation that made us look and it being in awe of these pictures it was the idea that we could look so far back in time that we could get a glimpse of something we had no idea about that was the the, the 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 wonder the astonishment that was what made us look at these pictures and later on it was fascinating to listen to all the explanations from the, of, of the nasa scientists and look and this is this and this is that and, and yeah but the beginning was like wow we could we could look back so far unbelievable and yeah, the wow. Yeah, the, exactly. The wow, the being and all about that particular aspect. And then the door was open to all these smart brains from NASA explaining and the whys and the hows and the colors. And, you know, that was that was amazing. But I came later. Wow, wow. Yeah. No, and that's 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 just a great story. I think it's something we can all... Well, thanks for the story. That that is something that we can all connect to. So when we're thinking about we're thinking about we've got to get something across here. Can can we start with a little wow or 
that little disappointment, a little, you know, something that people can really connect with. Yeah, that is, yeah. I, I, I think this is a, a very good investment in, in terms of timing, even if it looks like that, well, I need to tell a story that might take long. No, it isn't. And even if it feels like that you kind of a little bit beating around the bush or take the detour, this is a detour worth the time and the energy, to be honest, because your audience will thank you for it in the end, because it will be easier for them to not just connect to you, but understand what you want and being able to talk about that uh, in exactly the intended way. Because that is one of the biggest mistakes we can do in communication. We say something, people understand something, and that is the end. And that is terrible. That is not sustainable. Sustainable communication is when people talk about what you said in the way you intended it, and then they are able to action, uh, to, to act upon it. That is sustainable. And every communication, again, a presentation or an interview should be planned around that. So can you say, so say that again, Katya? So what sustainable communication is not just about, you said something, it landed on somebody. It's about what happens afterwards. It, it only, yeah. that's the only thing that matters. Just you you can easily can easily check on your own communication. Let's assume you give a presentation uh, about, about let's stick with NASA, right? Because it's just it's so beautiful, it's so cool. It's so cool, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you give a presentation about about that, and uh, let's assume you you write down in the beginning what would you like your audience to talk about if when they leave your talk. So up front, let's say you write down three points. I want your audience, uh, I want my audience to talk about this particular aspect and that, or I want to convey this emotion and I want them to carry it further. Now, and then listen to the conversations your audience has with other people. And then let's see how much of that is conveyed, is really in the, in the mindset of the audience now. If not, for the next talk you give, you should go back and, 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 and adapt that. Because only if, if we talk about something we heard, it's, it's kind of living. And if then we are only able to act upon it. So right then, only if I'm talking about what you were talking about, I could, I could kind of look something up or I, I could change my behavior or whatever it is. So sustainable communication is really not happening in, in exactly what you said, just landing on someone or somebody, but is what, what your audience is doing with that. And are they doing something with it that you intended? Because if it's un, not in your intention, then mm, you didn't reach a goal either. I know one of the things that I've been told in terms of doing presentations is well first of all is is don't try to get too much across that because because people can't remember very much but then to be somewhat repetitive is that is that the right way to go if you give me give me your concept of repetitive 
then I can say yes or no. So, you know, so the, the classic is, you know, that I was told early on is tell people what you're going to tell them, ah. tell them, tell them the thing and then tell them what you told them. So, you know, so give them three, three chances to hear it and have it stick somehow. So, so I mean, that's something that I was told years ago. Um, is, is, that the, is that the way to go? No. That, no. That, that, no, clear no, clear no from my side. Um, because that, if, if, if someone tells you three times, okay, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about, and I'm talking about, and this, um, this makes me look stupid. What I would recommend instead of that in the beginning is put what you are going to say in, into a bigger picture into something greater. So let, let's stick with NASA, let's stick with the, 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 the wonderful pictures from the telescope. So how the uh, scientific facts or the scientific aspects of what I'm gonna talk about tie into your daily business, into your daily, the, the, the things you do on a daily basis. So put it into perspective. So don't tell them, I'm gonna show you the pictures, I'm gonna talk about this or that, but tell them, I'm going to show you how these pictures are tied into your personal thing because that gives the audience the feeling, okay, wow, I signed up for the right show. Mm, this is going to be interesting. This is going to be exciting or fancy or whatever you are aiming at. Now, then you do your piece and introduce it with a story or not, or let your whole presentation be the whole story. And at the third point, if you summarize it, then you should use a different, we call it anchor in psychology. Uh, you could anchor something future oriented. For instance, if we, if, if we are gonna meet in five years time and are going to look at these pictures again, we probably will have a very different set of photos in front of us because the telescope is going to be uh, transmit so many more things. We are going to, to be so much smarter. But for now, mama, 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 and then you we, can you repeat what you said. So um, give the audience different settings makes it much more easy just and say in, in, in comparison to um, repeating what you're going to talk about. That would be my advice, my recommendation. So what you're saying is start with them. Start with why it's important to them. Why, why it could be why it could be important why it could be it's important to them. them in communication there is two concepts we usually use one of them is easing pain and the other one is bringing joy right <laughs> so one of these one of these it's 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 always if you if you use that device it is going to release pain and if you uh doing that every day uh, you're having a joyful life whatever it is so it's usually these two concepts and it's easy to tie into one of those yeah so, so if you, um, I'm going to explain to you more about these pictures and then you, and then you will have a wonderful way to act smart at the next uh, dinner party you go to, uh, because you'll be able to tell people about, yeah. about these pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you're going to see, uh, your, your, your perspective about, about the world is going to change. Uh, about uh, whatever your audience is talking about a dinner party is a good way to start yeah sure yeah yeah uh, very interesting well I'm gonna have to change all my talks now Katya but thank <laughs> you <laughs>
that's agile communication for you. You got you you got to you got to change. Got to change. When you see people um, is sort of generally just working day to day, not thinking about the you know the the next big talks they're going to do. What are some of the great things that you see people do in their communication, and what are some of the things that you think people should pay more attention about not doing in day-to-day communication? One of the things you already mentioned, and I like that a lot, um, do not want too much of yourself and your audience, right? So keep it keep it smaller, keep it smaller, but keep it interesting. Um, one of the things I very often see happening that we underestimate our audience. Mm. Like, ah, just let me give you three little tips. No, be a little bit more elaborate. Not don't give them ten, but have a little bit more than three tips. Explain the concept of the of the three tips. Explain the background of them. Explain what is in for them. So there is there there should be more body. The people should always see that you know more than you say. They should see you or they should con- perceive you as an expert. Um, that very often is, so under, don't underestimate your audience. Be on eye level with your audience. Even if you're the expert on NASA, NASA photos or whatever your, your uh, subject matter um, is, um, be on eye level with your audience. That is, that is one of the things that could happen more frequently, I, I think. Uh, especially in science, very, very often when we are in, amongst peers, it's like, like, okay, you understand me. But the moment we step out of the, the scientific peer world, it is like, okay, I'm talking top down. Um, I'm smart. You're not. You listen to me. And I think good, good communication is when it's on eye level and there is a, there is a common under, a possibility of a common understanding. Uh, that would be that would be cool. Uh, the, and, and that's the best communicators do achieve exactly that. They build, they build common ground with their audience. That is, uh, so, they, so they treat your audience not as you down there, I'm up here. They treat them as we, we, we together. And it, on, a good presenter needs the input of the audience as much as the, uh, the audience needs uh, the, the presenter. Right. So this is something I would I would do uh, recommend more uh, to to work with. I think the audience is a great resource of energy, knowledge, emotion. So why? Uh-huh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that I would do. Interesting. Wow. Wow. I And I, I was just thinking I was thinking so. Something that was uh, was not it was not a very kind thing towards towards certain people as you were as you were saying that, Katya. I think sometimes when we're in when we feel that we do have expertise, um, that we have to explain everything to everybody, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and I know when somebody starts to do that to me, then I stop listening. Because I, you know, if if they are a, if they're an expert on, let's say they're an expert on the web telescope, um, and then I'm and then I'm having trouble fixing uh, fixing the coffee maker in the office, 
um, I would hope that the way, the way they communicate to me about the coffee maker in the office is that peer-to-peer looking in the eye and not, you know, well, you know, I've, I've got a PhD in astrophysics and you don't, therefore, you don't understand coffee makers. But exactly. I think that's, you know, it's, it's it, going it, a little bit yeah. off on a tangent, but I think we have to be careful with our expertise. It doesn't mean that we're, we're yeah, always so expert we- on everything. There is a there is a, a a kind of common ground where we always could meet in communication, and I always call it the personal one, right? Not the not the private one, and not the business one, but the personal one. Uh, there is this wonderful area where we all meet in our personal experience about our careers, about um, the things the things we like. Uh, that we that are a wonderful area of communication that is non-business but doesn't touch um, our private lives too much. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we should, we really should be eye to eye and we're all, we're all struggling with this stuff and we're all, we're all, we all should be helping each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that is a good area to start with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Katya, what's, what would be thinking about everything that you've, that you've learned over the years, um, you know, focused on your central purpose. What, would be your one piece of advice for a young person starting out? Let me ask you, the young person starting out, meaning getting the first job or or putting yourself out in the world? Yeah, it could be getting the first job, could be, um, you know, doing that first um, internship while they're in university. It could be, you know, it could be, you know, what, you know, what, whatever it is. And um what, what would you say to them if you, you just give them, you have one there piece is, of advice to give them? Two, two, two things. And one of them, and you were already touch basing on it, and I like that a lot, is like, look, it, it starts with yourself. So if you're able and learning and practicing, assessing your resources, assessing your strength in a way that you're, they are really scalable for you, young person starting out in the world, getting your first job, having a degree or whatever, and be very honest with yourself. Like, okay, uh, in in this particular thing, uh, I am a very good seven. And in this, I'm a 10 plus. And Mm. here, oh, this is the one. And be be really, assess, assess your own skills, assess your own strength and be, be honest with yourself in a very positive way. Like if you can sing like a nightingale, you you write down, I am the best nightingale in the world. And don't put yourself <laughs> like, like ah, I can't, you know, everybody says I'm good, but I don't know exactly if I'm good. Then you are going to be the next superstar, of course. Right. And if there is if, if there are things that you're not good at, that's that's fine. That's that that should go on the list too. Not because you should put it in out there every day oh i'm you know I'm, I'm i'm so bad at this and i'm not looking like this yeah okay but it's knowing it it's it, 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 the the knowledge about yourself this is going to help you and then try to find the connecting dots try to ask to start asking the proper questions that could lead to bringing out your strength and let's stick with singing like a nightingale so okay uh, could I sing at the next Christmas party for the first time you are with the company? Okay, yes, do so, right? And then look for the opportunity. Nobody will 
Nobody will present the opportunity like a Christmas present to you. No, but you need to assess first and then uh, look for the opportunity and then raise your hand and say, here I am. What about doing this or that? This would be my advice. That's, I think that's really, really nice advice, Katya, because I think it's very easy for us to discount our strengths and also to not put our hand up and, and take that risk. It's important to take some risk and that's how you that's how you learn, you know, how good you are and how how much people enjoy what you do and 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 how effective you can be and, and where you can be better. So yeah. thank you for that really good advice. Patrick Slicer, how can people find you? Oh, very easy because there is not that many people with my name. So yeah. it's very simple, katyaschleicher.com. And uh, in, even more easily uh, on, on LinkedIn, uh, the, the business network, uh, or on Twitter. Um, I'm, 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 a happy, I'm a happy Twitter person, to be honest. Uh, and I'm, I'm a media coaching on Twitter as well. Terrific. Well, Katya, thank you so much for traveling with me to the edges of Lean. You're absolutely welcome. It was, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, Bella. Thank you. This is Bella Engelberg, and I'd like to thank Katja Schleicher for being my guest on The Edges of Lean. How are you improving how you communicate? Would you like to learn more? We would love to hear from you. Find Katja at katjaschleicher.com or on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn or at leadingforhumans.com or comment wherever you watch or listen. Subscribe and tell a friend about The Edges of Lean. Please join me in exploring more of the edges of lean. There's a lot to learn. And check out my friends in the Lean Communicators community at leancommunicators.com. You'll find more podcasts and videos with lots of great new content every week. The Edges of Lean is written and produced by Bella Engelbach with support from Podcast Inc. This is a Lean for Humans production.